Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. I am Andrew, and today with me is Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? It is uh, it is a gloomy, gloomy Thursday. It is gloomy. It's chilly, but, uh, you know, life's good. God's yeah, faithful. that's good, man. That's good. It's, it's kind of weird to me that, like, I feel like a week ago I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and then this week it has just been terribly cold. Well, we played pickleball Friday morning last week. Okay. We were there. Oh, yes. And it was frigid. Yes. We were out there, hands numb, trying to play. And so, uh, and it's only gotten a little cooler, I think. Which reminds me, tomorrow I'm going to bring gloves when I play because... (laughs) That's not a bad idea. That was a terrible thing last week to play that. So, uh, hey, if you're listening, we play pickleball on Fridays, right? Over at John Knoll Park. Yep. So, if you're listening and you're from, like, California, come on up. Join (laughs) us in Longview, Washington, John Knoll Park, Fridays. As soon as the sun comes up. Yeah, as soon as the sun comes up. So, So. we were playing at, like, 7 a.m. And now it's, like, 7... Last week it was 7.40 and just because of sun. Yeah, because the day is getting later and later, at least when the sun comes up and stuff. So, that's good, man. You said said that life is going well for you. I'm excited to hear that, dude. What is... uh, There are some new things that are happening around the church, I guess, or maybe... New developments with uh, our family gathering and everything everything yeah. else that's happened. Is there anything you want to mention to our listeners? You know, there's just, there's a, I'm just so thankful for the opportunities we've been given to serve the Lord and serve the community. And even as we're hopefully coming out of COVID in the next few months, um, Good News Club starts this week. And oh, it so does, yeah. Actually, tomorrow, when this episode drops, this will land on Monday. And so Tuesday will be our first day of Good News Club at both the Pacific Way and the Heights campuses. And uh, so, you know, a listener would love for you to be praying for that and yes. for God to be bringing kids and preparing leaders. This is going to be just a great opportunity to serve our communities. Really excited about that. You know, obviously, this is, um, this is election week. And so, yes, at the time um, that this episode drops, it will be election week. Yeah, right? yeah. And so we're we're just all praying, you know, for God's kindness on, on our country in so many ways. Um, you know, we, we trust what the Scripture says when it says that all authority is installed by God, and there's no authority that exists outside of God's um, God's will. Um, and so God uses good leaders and bad leaders uh, in a nation. And uh, we recognize there's no perfect leader for a nation besides Christ himself. And so we're just praying, you know, praying for a, an ending of turmoil and strife, praying for, um, you know, that honestly, my prayer is that people would repent more and more, yeah. that uh, our nation, na- national leaders would turn toward Christ and not toward uh, political agendas um, that aren't faithful to him and that disobey his word. So... You know, that's not our main topic today, but, it's not, you know, no. obviously we're praying for that quite a bit. But that is on the hearts and minds of a lot of people, especially yeah. the week that they're listening to this. Yeah, that's right. And I think it is encouraging to remember that we are sojourners in this world, right? This this world is not ours. Yeah. And we're, we're, the Bible says we're on our way out and we have, our hope is with Christ as we move forward. He's in control now and he's also in control in the future and our home is with him. That uh, reminds me, you know, Wednesday morning we meet with a group of guys and we, we talk theology. And I mentioned that I was reading another theological work. It's called The Wonderful Works of God. Um, and uh, he was, what I was reading this last week was talking about how um, as the church, because the spirit dwells in believers, mm-hmm. every believer has been, he actually uses the word emancipated. We've been emancipated from, from our allegiance to be to the things of this world. 
that means we're emancipated from any tribe that we might identify with, you know? So like from the most shallow of things to like, I'm a Mariners fan. And so I'm going to hate a, a Yankees fan to, to really um, important things like heavy things, like our tribes our racial tribes our ethnic tribes, mm-hmm. even to our national tribes. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't value the things of America, but we've been emancipated from our primary allegiance to be to United States of America. And really our primary allegiance is to the kingdom of heaven. Right. So I know we're we're all over the place and this wasn't what we planned on, but, but I I hope that's encouraging for the people who, who are listening. Um, but yeah, we can, we can move on from, from that topic because we don't want to get too, too, Lost in the weeds, I guess, with yeah. that and stuff. But so we do have some new developments as a church also. So we talked about the Good News Club. This last weekend, at the time of this recording, we had our f- annual family gathering. And you know what? I would encourage other people to uh, continue to participate in our annual gatherings, or at least our family gatherings as well, too. This last week, we discovered how we can utilize Zoom and even have people come in and be part of it from their from their homes. Yeah. So uh, honestly, I, Stephen, Jackson, shout out to you guys for uh, just making it happen because they... Like people kept thanking me, but honestly, it's those two who yeah. really made it happen. They like, did a great job. Yeah, they did a great job with that. We were able to simulcast, so we had yeah. multiple events happening at once: Heights and Pacific Way, and then people zooming from their houses. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, and it, it's it's encouraging to see that as a church, we are growing. That God has been so kind to to Valley as. COVID has happened this year, but we, have, we we are still seeing people come to know Jesus. We are still seeing, we're seeing new kids come to youth group. We're seeing ministries start up in the midst of everything that's happening. Things are happening. And so in the midst of everything that we could be complaining about, everything that we could be frustrated with, let's keep our eyes on God and know that he is at work. That's right. And we got to join in on that. And I would also just offer up just some encouragement. You know, we're... Uh I guess this is really, you know, family business. So this is more yeah. for those who are part of Valley right now. But yeah. at the at our annual gathering, if you didn't if you didn't attend or if you were not able to log on and whatnot, you know, we approved the budget for twenty twenty one. That budget really is hinging on what looks like uh, one of our two loans will be paid off by the end of the year. And so we're we're really rejoicing in that. Wow. We've got, um, we've been able to arrange to have margin to hire another uh, associate pastor. Yes. And so we're looking at January 1 to hopefully bring someone on staff. We're kind of in the early processes of figuring that out. Um, we're going to continue to pay down debt. We've got some money set aside for some um, some deferred maintenance and some facility renovation that needs to happen. And so we're, we're just kind of like slowly plotting and, and you know, finances is not everything in a church, but you know, it feels like God's been kind to us as we've really strived to be transparent mm-hmm. and to uh, make some hard choices and to, to really kill that debt. And yeah. we're, we're getting there. And I think that's great because we've spent the last couple of years really getting to work, uh, taking care of the admin, taking care of what needs to be taken care of when it comes to financial things. So now as we com- come into 2021, resources are freed up to really uh, do even more ministry than what we've done. And that's, it's going to be an exciting year. I I feel like I'm excited for every year, 2020. I know like we had these visions for what we're going to do. It was exciting. COVID happened, but you know what? It's still exciting. That's right. Because God has been doing great things. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, you know what? Uh, I kind of want to pivot a little bit into uh, our, our topic for today because you know, life has been crazy for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are, living their schedules with COVID, but they're also, you know, as a lot of people are getting used to it or, or even just getting over it, just over the whole thing. And they're trying to smash together 
their old life and let's just say their COVID life, um, they're, they're trying to figure out like how, what, what needs to go and what, what needs to stay. And I think that's a very timely thing because one of our listeners sent in a question asking um, how, how can they best make time for God, like one-on-one time with God when life is so busy? And that's kind of the topic for today. That's, that, that is the topic for today. But before I go on and, and, and we jump into that, I just want to encourage any listener to, uh, if you have a question and you want us to talk about it, please, please write in, uh, message Mike or myself or email the podcast because we want to come alongside you and continue to walk with you as we know that you hunger and thirst to, to be faithful to, to God's call on your life. And someone asked this question, so now we're going to discuss that today. You know, that's a really great question. And in light of COVID, that's a, a timely question as well. I, I know of, um, you know, I, I have friends. I know one friend that um, those first few months of COVID, he, he said he could barely even open his Bible. You know, he just was so overwhelmed with life. And, you know, he, he actually a pastor, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, really challenged to, to make devotion to God a priority when everything was changing. Mm-hmm. And this question comes in from a, uh, uh, we, you know, we know some, some people say who they are. And so this is a young mom, yep. young family. Um, you know, they got a house, they've got a kid, they've got just the busyness of life. Both of them are working, mom yep. and dad are working. And um, so it's a really good question. Like, how do I make time? Like, I know that being with God is a priority. I know it's important, yet it feels like uh, life just drowns out or life uh, strangles out that time that I should be using to, to meet with the Lord. And so I, I, you know, when I think about this question, I think about a time when I was really uh, overwhelmed with life. It was one of my, my first years as an undergraduate, University of Washington, go Huskies, you know, and, um, and life was busy. I was working full time. Uh, academics was harder than I'd experienced in high school. And uh, I was commuting back and forth, um, a lot of freeway time, a lot of just busyness in life. And, uh, and in that, uh, I was trying to cr- carve out time occasionally for God and his word. And so like a lot of us do, I remember, okay, I'm going to start, I'm just going to, I'm going to start reading the New Testament. And so I started reading in, in the book of Matthew, you know, it's the first book in the New Testament. And, and I got to chapter six, this is Jesus's sermon on the Mount as part of it. And at the very end of it, Jesus says these words. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And this was one of those watershed moments in my life. I can remember where I was in the student union building. It was, it was later in the evening. I was reading upstairs. I was kind of having a late study day, and I was trying to get some Bible before I did all the schoolwork. And, uh, and it was one of those moments where I realized God was reminding me of, of the way the world works. Mm-hmm. The way he's designed the world to work, and and that would be, can you, can you elaborate that a little bit more? That's right. Yeah. So what? what how is it that they got to yeah. design the world? Uh, the world works. He, he says, when you seek first him and his kingdom, his 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 kingdom and his righteousness, right? His priorities and his character. He says, all these other things will be added unto you, and these other things were not straight A's and you know vacations. The other things were the things that we need in life. And I, I made a commitment at that moment, and I, I haven't been faithful and perfect with it, but to endeavor to put God in opening His Word before anything else in my life daily. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there, there's been times where I haven't, and there's seasons where I've just failed completely. Mm-hmm. But but as I look back over, I mean, that was nearly 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back, and when I have been um, 
faithful to do that, when I've regularly done that, it has been life transforming. It, it, it seems like I'm able to handle more, uh, even in the busyness of life. And life only gets busier, right? I think about this young family. Uh, I, I remember being a young family and, and it was a lot easier <laughs> than it is now. Okay. Because more responsibility gets layered on. And so so I start with so, this. Go ahead. So actually, so I, I'd like to uh, touch on what you just said there, because I think there's a time where people think, or they're going through a season now and they're like, oh, I'm busy, but you know, when things slow down, I'll be able to reprioritize and get God back into my life. But I think you just spoke to the idea that the truth is if, if you're growing in your career and you, your family is growing and you're growing in a lot of other things, life actually doesn't necessarily slow down. It continues to ramp up season to season. So the notion of, you know what, this is just a season when this is all over, I'll go ahead and just I'll start to make God a priority then, mm-hmm. that time may never come. That's right. Because it just continues to ramp up further and further. For a lot of reasons. We'll yeah. talk about some of those today. Okay, okay. So I I just wanted to make that note because I think there are people who think that. And I think it's good to just acknowledge the fact that that's, that's not the reality. Yeah. And so what, what we're talking about, we're talking about wanting to know God. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, you know, I need to read my Bible so I can check the box and be a good Christian boy or a good Christian girl. The question really, I mean, you read it. It says they want one-on time with God when life is busy. They, they want to know God. Yeah. Like I, I think those listening, if you're a believer, you you want to know God. You want to know Christ. You want to be uh, in that dynamic relationship where you, Amen, yeah. you, you're remembering who God is daily and you're walking with him. And so uh, if, if I'm a- answering this question, if I'm sitting with someone in my office and we're just talking through this, I'm going to give them kind of three key ideas that will help them, that, that help me. And they really begin with this idea of, of making God your priority. Mm-hmm. Um, so these three key ideas. And so the first one is, if you want to know God, knowing God happens with faith to, pri- with faith to prioritize Him, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is, I mean, just very clearly, knowing God is an exercise in faith. There is faith that is being exercised when you say, I am going to prioritize opening up the word of God in prayer when I have this giant list of other things to do. Mm-hmm. You're exercising faith when you say, I'm going to make God, the, the, the kingdom of God and the, the character of Christ, my priority today, when I know I got to open up my, my books to study, when I know I got dishes to do, when I know I got the lawn to mow, when I know I got work and this and that, or all of these other things, you, you actually are exercising faith. You are acting in faith saying, I'm going to trust God to help me get everything else done that I need to get done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust him to do that. And so as an act of trust, I'm going to put him first. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're, we're saying that we're, when we wanting, we're wanting to seek God, if I'm hearing you correctly, we are saying, God, we trust that all the things that have to happen, the things that need to happen, you're still in control of that, especially if I continue to focus on you and I make you a priority, what needs to happen will be done. And maybe the fleshly desires will kind of get put off by, by the wayside. You're smirking at me. Like I'm, I may be stealing your thunder. No, no, you're doing great. Bit. That's right. Okay. But, uh, but that seems to be kind of what you're mm-hmm. what we're getting at. So trusting that whatever does get done during that day. So is, or even that, that season is still what God ordained to be done, especially because we are putting him first. Yeah. Okay. And so the question is, do you believe that putting him first means that he will supernaturally aid in the other areas of your life? I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm calling you to, to believe if you're listening. Like for me, my experience is God allows me to accomplish everything that I need to get done, not everything I want to get done. Mm-hmm. 
but everything I really, I truly need to get done when I put him first. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me some freedom. It gives me some, some uh, less anxiety. Okay. And so um, the promise here is God will provide what you need. Not that God will provide what you want. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean if you put God first, you'll have eight hours a day to play pickleball. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean if you put God first, you'll be able to watch all the TV shows you want to watch. We'll return to that in a minute. Um, this it, just simply says, God will God will work in my life supernaturally mm-hmm. so that I can get the right stuff done. Right. That, that, that'd be the first thing. The second thing then, if, if you want to know God, I, I think that, this second point kind of takes a little bit of pressure off, but knowing God happens when you see him in the ordinary. You know, there, there's a, sometimes we want to have this separation between my God life and my ordinary life. We, we want to identify certain things as spiritual and other things as, as just void of spiritual meaning, right? But, but the reality is God is present. He's real. He's active. If you're a believer in Christ, his spirit lives in you in all of the ordinary mundane parts of life, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like to say this, this is like when you're doing dishes and diapers, right? Okay. This is when you're when you're doing maintenance on your house or, or repair on your cars. Mm-hmm. This is when you're providing for your family and, and doing the things that you need to do for, for your family, those responsibilities. God is not absent in those moments. God is present. He is real and he is active in those moments, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you think about it, right? If you're, uh, if you're driving down this, the, the road, that, that can be, that can be a completely selfish or fleshly or secular or um, meaningless moment, right? Yeah. You can just turn on the radio and listen to um, some shock jock or listen to whatever music you like, um, a podcast about whatever, you yeah. know, um, that actually can be a moment though, where God's present and you can recognize his presence and, and you can, you can pray. Mm-hmm. Right. So think about your everyday ordinary life. I mean, are there times in life where you're doing the mundane and yeah. you recognize God's presence? Dude, all the time. I, I have grown in that a lot. Um, there was a book that I read years ago by John Piper, uh, desiring God. And just the idea that like everything that we do is an act of worship. So when we talk, like he, he talks about this illustration that we te- we typically tend to think our spiritual lives are like TV dinners, uh, the kind that like have these high risen trays, so, like your, your Salisbury steak and your gravies in one area. And then like on the other plate, there's like all these barriers are so, like, these things don't permeate each other. But the truth is every God is in everything as we, as we steward our homes, as we steward our bodies and all those things like that, he is present in those things. And when you, live in a way that recognizes that everything becomes, I don't know. I'm more drawn to the word when, when I, when I read that, because as as I sit there and I even like working out, right. Working out has been uh, a sustainable thing for me in the last few years, because it's no longer about like trying to look great and all these other things. It's a celebration of like God has designed me to move and, and work this way. How can I honor him stewarding my body in doing that, which constantly, because I'm thinking about him, leads me to want to read more of his word and be with him and to pray through those things. And there are times when like, I'll be listening to music or something like that. And because I've been trying to attribute to, to God, I just shut everything down. I'm like, I, I got to take a moment to just mm-hmm. really honor God in this moment. So, And this specifically applies to responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think that leisure is a different set of conversations, but, but in terms of responsibility, this applies because if you go all the way to the beginning of the scripture, mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter one, there's what's called the creation mandate. Mm-hmm. Verse 28, it says, it says uh, speaking of Adam and Eve, it says, God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful 
and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God, he blesses Adam and Eve first and foremost. He, 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 you know, he blesses them relationally and even just them being made in his image. There is a, this relational and, and image bearer blessing that they carry. But then following that blessing, he commands them. And his command is to, first of all, be fruitful and multiply. He says, fill the earth and subdue it. And then lastly, he says, have dominion over it. And so really, if, if you summarize this, he says, he says, you need to expand your responsibility over the earth. Mm-hmm. You need to tame the untamed things and places of this earth. And you need to, have, he says, have dominion over it. You need to rule over it. This is really, practically speaking, this means that as, as men and women, especially as those who follow God, we should be looking to increase our responsibilities. We should be looking to do more, to accomplish more, to to um, uh, to tame more, to rule over more, right? And uh, I think sometimes we get this backwards. We try to do less and we want more leisure time and more me time and more relaxing time. But, but there is something very spiritual when we are actually fulfilling this creation mandate by, mm-hmm. by being as responsible as possible over as much as possible. And so this might mean maybe you, you have an apartment and in your apartment, is it, is it clean? Right. Is, it, is it taken care of? Mm-hmm. Is there a leaky faucet that you've yet to repair because you, you know you just you, you wanted to do other things, right? There's actually a a spirituality like you find God, you are with God, you know God in the mundane and the ordinary. And so when you are cleaning your house, when you're fixing the car, when you're mowing the lawn, when you're changing a baby's diaper, when you're when you're doing all of these things that are actually rooted in the creation mandate. I really want people, I'm thinking about this gal that wrote this question and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about my kids and my wife. I'm thinking about my friends. I want them to see all of that. It's not disconnected from God. It actually is rooted in in knowing God. There, there's something pretty cool about that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm saying that the practice of our faith, it's it's in everything, in the, the business of life and in the business of life. God, mm-hmm. God's there. Uh, this goes to Colossians 3.17. It says, whatever you do, whatever you do, right? All those things I've list, listed off already, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So so as I'm thinking about what you're saying right now, and I'm interpreting the question and thinking about the one-on-one of God, Especially by seeing our responsibilities to steward and to act and to respond and to take up responsibilities, by not divorcing that from the presence of God, we actually are growing in the idea of that one-on-oneness with God. As we see the idea of stewarding ourselves and stewarding the things that he's given us, we actually can experience God through that as we continue to say like, you know what, taking care of my house, taking care of my body, taking care of my family, taking care of all these things. I'm connecting that, reconnecting that to the creation mandate, to the idea of stewardship and responsibility. So that in a way kind of synergizes life, which is what's supposed to happen, right? We don't have a spiritual life and then a work life and a family life. Everything is spiritual. It's waking us up from maybe the, the misconception that, you know, my, my, my time with God is only when I'm alone with God mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've got my Bible open and my door is locked and it's just me and God. Th- that is important. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope people have that. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only time with God. 
you know, I, I have very, this might sound weird, but, but one of the chores that I do is, is I weed whack our back hill occasionally. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that is always a, a spiritual moment for me. Uh, you know, I usually got the, the goggles on that my ears are covered. Uh, no one's going to disturb me in that moment. Cause you know, the weed whacker will hurt them. <laughs> and, and yet I am prayerful. I'm thoughtful. You know, I, I feel bad because there's moments where I'm, I'm, I'll sing <laughs> and maybe it's louder than the weed whacker yet in that moment, I'm, I'm communing with God. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that that's the, the first two, right? And so <clears throat> the, the third is knowing God, then uh, we have to remember it means sacrifice also. Yeah. And so it, it would be a mistake to lean into the, oh, I know God in the everyday ordinary. And so I don't need to, to sacrifice to know him. Mm -hmm. It's not going to cost me anything, right? Yep. This, you know, classic text for this Romans 12, one and two, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It continues, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And this passage is so key because it starts with, because of the mercies of God. What, what Romans is doing here is this reminding us of the gospel. It says, because Jesus laid down his life entirely to show you his mercies, then you and I, we present our bodies. We lay down our life daily, not as a dead sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice. So we, we basically say, God, this life is yours. This, this body is yours. My time is yours. Everything about me is yours, which means I can't, I can't do whatever I want all the time. Um, in, in fact, this is just a reality based on the fact that we're, we're creatures, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have, you don't have, 25 hours in a day, no. you have 24. Right. You are limited by time. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you are limited in your physical body. Mm -hmm. You are limited by your amount of energy. You're, we, are, we are limited in our, in our thought life even, right? Yep. Um, which means you cannot do everything. So I, I think about, <clears throat> there's a lot of great shows on TV, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. We're at a spot right now and in our, our just busyness of life, we, we watch very little mm -hmm. TV, right? Um, but, but maybe there's, 10 shows out there that you love and you want to watch them all, guess what? You can't watch right. them all. You maybe you can't even watch most of them. Maybe for you, it's video games mm -hmm. and there's a new game that comes out every month. I don't know what it is. Um, I saw that there's like a PlayStation 5 coming out now, right? Like, yeah, I already pre-ordered sure, it. It's, yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> guess what? You, you can't have every game system. Right. You can't play every great game. Mm -hmm. You can't finish every game. Um, you know, maybe it's, adventuring and vacationing. Mm -hmm. you, you can't go on every adventure you want to. You can't see every concert you want to. You can't go to every play that you want to or drama production or movie. Like we are limited beings. <clears throat> and because we're limited and because we're finite creatures, sooner or later we have to decide how we're going to spend our time. Yeah. And what you are doing in that, because I, I think what you just touched on is the vein that we, we as human beings already know how to prioritize. Because if there's a TV show you love and you can't watch it, we know how to DVR it. We know how to record it. We know how to carve out time to make sure we can catch up on that. You just talked about video games growing up. That was a huge thing for me. And I would carve out time mm -hmm. to make sure that, so I knew how to prioritize. And it wasn't until I learned the concept of opportunity cost that I realized what I was saying. Yeah. Because when you choose to do something like that, what you're saying is this is more important to me 
than anything else I could be doing at this moment. At that moment in time, you could be saying, this is more important to me than taking time to read my Bible, to pray, or to commune with God. I don't want to go to just the, the, the classic like, oh, well, you better read your Bible or you're not like a, a, a good Christian or whatever. But there are these moments where you, you like you said, you're, there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much energy. And so we have to prioritize these things and say, this is important to me. So I will carve out the time at the sacrifice of these other things to make room for what's important. That's right. And, and God gives good things, right? Yeah. God gives good things and he wants his children to, to have and experience good things. And so this doesn't mean, oh my goodness, I should never watch TV. I mean, maybe we shouldn't, I don't know. Right. Um, this doesn't mean, oh my goodness, I should never go on vacation, right? No, no, you should. Like God gives goodness and he gives these gifts to be enjoyed. And so this is not this, uh, you know, austere, like I'm, I'm, I'm never going to do anything fun ever. Mm-hmm. But it is saying I need to be intentional about how I spend my time. Well, and I, I think a good way ab- about looking at that is uh, from a practical standpoint, uh, you and I, we like to use like our, da- we have daily planners. You, I, I typically know what my morning looks like, what I go through my routine and all these things. But there are days, actually even yesterday is an amazing example, <laughs> that I sleep through my alarm or something. So when I wake up, all of a sudden the resource of time is much smaller than it was what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I have to decide what's going to go out the door like what's, what's going to happen versus what's not going to happen. And in that, if I only have, like, if I'm used to three hours to prepare and in there is a list of like, I'm going to start a load of laundry. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to, you know, brush my teeth. I'm going to do my, all my hygiene, things like that. But all of a sudden now I don't have the time in that moment. I have to pick, well, what's important yesterday. Just as an example, I, I was late to our, our meeting, right? I came in just my, I literally just rolled out of bed. You actually were um, mentally even later. Yeah. <laughs> My body was there. My mind was very checked out. But as I, as I got there and as I recouped the day, I knew I'm like, okay, by 10 o'clock, usually it's here. I, I went back and I, I read my Bible. I didn't do my laundry yesterday because I said, I only have so much time. This has to go. Well, the same thing feeds into the evening. Well, now that my laundry didn't get started in the morning, instead of, I've been playing, uh, I've been playing, because you talk about video games, I've been playing uh, The Legend of Zelda, this new Zelda that's, it's three years old, but it's, I'm playing this game. And last night after youth group, I was like, all right, I have like an hour before I usually go to bed. I'm going to sit. I'm going to play it. And then I thought to myself, oh, but you know what? I can't because back here, I lost some time earlier in the day. I got all this other stuff done, but I still haven't started my laundry yet. All right, I need to go do that. So we're not saying like leisure time and video games and, and, and you know, traveling are bad things. But, but we have to recognize that there are constraints. And that sometimes we have to make sure that we're making the right choices. And this enters into a conversation about idols and, and the things we love more than God. And, and, and that's actually on our agenda in the next little bit. So sooner or later, we're going to handle that. There was a question asked about that. Okay. And so we'll handle that soon. But, but I think for, for this conversation, um, as we think through, okay, I, I want to have time with God. I think there's actually four time decisions that every one of us have to make. Mm-hmm. And, and w- we make them maybe uh, subconsciously sometimes because we just kind of get led along to do what we want to do. But I think if we make them proactively, I think if we stop and say, okay, how am I going to think about time in these four decisions? Mm -hmm. It really sets us up for success in in growing to know God. Mm -hmm. So the the four decisions, the four questions really, first one is, is how will you spend your mornings? And I'm a 
big proponent of, of getting up early. Mm -hmm. I'm a big, you know, let's say you got to be to work at seven and you think, okay, I need a half an hour to, to, you know, get ready and drive there. And so you set your alarm for six 30. I, I would say, you know, you got to set your alarm for five 30 mm-hmm. and you need to get up a little bit earlier and, and have that cup of coffee, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe do some exercise or, or take the shower first and then, and then prioritize time with God in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Now I know people that get up, you know, they got to be work at 3am. Well, maybe one thirty is just not going to work. I, I get that. Right. And so this isn't a hard and fast rule for everyone, but, but what I am saying is maybe we need to sacrifice some sleep. You know, if, if we're going to know God, oftentimes that requires laying down our lives as a living sacrifice. And so maybe that means we have to sacrifice some sleep. I think we're, we're really quick to say, I need, I need more sleep when really what we need is more time with the Lord. Right? Yeah. I, I was, I, I would say like, I think it's in our very rushed culture, I think we're really quick to sacrifice sleep, which I do think we need to at times like that. I have found more lately that instead of, if you don't want to sacrifice sleep, what you could do is sacrifice your leisure time in the evening because you can get as much sleep as you need if you stop watching Netflix and things in the evening. That's right. But that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And you're actually not getting off topic because then the next question is, how will I spend my evenings? Mm -hmm. So the first question is, how will I spend my my mornings? Right. And the next question is, how will I spend my evenings? And, and actually, I was going to say the same exact thing. Uh, maybe we need to sacrifice some leisure and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Maybe that means we're not watching Netflix. We're going to bed at a decent time. I've, I've been trying to go to bed earlier mm-hmm. so that I can get up earlier. Because once my kids go to bed, well, what am I really doing? You know, I mean, like, you know, I'd, I'd rather get up earlier mm-hmm. and, and get more done in the day. That way I'm present in the evenings with my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so... Uh, how will I spend my mornings? Maybe I need to sacrifice some sleep. How will I spend my evenings? Maybe I need to sacrifice some leisure and entertainment. And that might mean I'm sacrificing it, not just to open up my Bible, but I'm sacrificing it to go to bed early so I can make the most of the next day. Yeah. Right. Next question is how will I spend my weekends? Um, You know, I'd say if you expect to be strong in your one-on-one time with God, um, and yet you, you don't make weekend uh, worship, corporate worship and, and Christian community a priority, I'm just going to tell you right now, you, you're not going to be strong mm-hmm. in your, your regular time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. It just, that's not the way God's designed it to work. He's called us to fellowship with each other. And so I, I'd say one of the important steps for your personal devotion time is to prioritize corporate worship, mm-hmm. to prioritize the Christian community, being with other believers sitting under the word of God and, and the preaching, lifting your voice in worship with other believers. There is an incredible amount of strength that gets poured into a, a soul when you do that consistently, right? Yeah, yeah. And so how will I spend my mornings? How will I spend my evenings? How will I spend my weekends? And the last one is, is how will I spend my free time? How will I spend me time, right? And, uh, and I'd say, you know, this is, you, you should have leisure. You, you should have hobbies. You should... Yeah do things that are fun and enjoyable for you and your family, but, but also you, you should probably serve. You know, when, when you give of your free time to bless and benefit other people, that, that is directly related to your desire and your ability to, to know God, to connect with him in that quiet time and that one-on-one time. It, they, it's all connected, right? It, it's that yeah. plate of spaghetti, you know? It is. It's it's all connected because it goes back to honestly 
what you said earlier about like anything and everything that we do, our work life, our family, all those things, they're not divorced from our spiritual life. It's it's an interesting idea, this notion that there are people with idols in their lives where their entire life is lived for their hobbies. As in like this, the moment the weekend comes, they check out, they, they're, they're so disgusted or frustrated with their life that the only thing they look forward to is like whatever it is that they do for fun. Well, that comes from a notion of not seeing God in the things that you're doing. When you're at work, do things, you're called to be there. When you're with your family, you're called to be there. God's in the midst of all those things. So there's actually, there's a larger thing happening there. And that's a different topic altogether. But from everything you just shared with the the four questions about how do you spend your morning? How do you spend your evening? How do you spend uh, your weekends and your leisure time? I, would it be safe to say that, 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 that maybe this is too simple, but it really does come down to being intentional, taking the time to stop, think, reflect, and then craft a day instead of going from crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, there's all these sayings, all these great colloquialisms. One of them is like, you either plan your time or someone will plan it for you. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe it's not a crisis, but busyness will, will, will edge in and it will take over your time. Leisure will edge in hobbies will edge in and take over your time. So there's, there's just incredible benefit in planning your day, sitting down and saying, I'd encourage our listener to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and write down, how will I spend my mornings? How will I spend my evenings? Answer those questions. How will I spend my weekends? How will I spend my my free time? You know, we talk about our planners. We have something called a weekly preview. And in it, Mm -hmm. it it actually says, what am I going to do differently this year, week or things like that? And I write in it, I'm I'm screens off at nine o'clock every night. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, screens are off. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm, my goal is to be horizontal at 930 and lights out at 10. And so I say screens off. I, I count my Kindle, not as a screen. Cause I I'll sit there and I'll read fiction or something for the next, for half an hour and, and then lights off. Yeah. And then I write, you know, here's what time I'm getting up. I'm getting up. Alarm clock goes off at four 30 and, and I'm going. And some days, you know, I hit the, the snooze button and I'm working on that. So I'm not like four 45, five ish, but I'm, I'm out of bed four 30. And yeah. that's not for everyone. Right. But, but it's that intentionality. It is. And so yeah. looking at your life, you know, I, I know parents who've got the busyness of kids in the morning, you know, it's really easy to get up when your kids get up, but it's really powerful when you get up even just a half an hour beforehand and, and take that time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. It will change the way you interact with your kids. It'll change the way you parent them. It'll change the way you're, you're feeling instead of being grumpy and whatnot, you've started the day in prayer and in the word of God. And that, that, that has an incredible impact when your, your kids are being a little lazy and grumpy and instead of you kind of piling it onto it, I mean, I'm just speaking from experience mm-hmm. being able to say, Hey, okay, okay guys, let's stop, you know, let's, let's pray together and now let's get after it. Yeah. it. It really does give you a spiritual perspective in all of life. Okay. It does. And that's, those are powerful things. You, it's interesting. One of the things I, I've been studying for just my, my, my nutrition cert is the idea of sleep hygiene. And it's interesting that you outlined some of the things they talk about for the most beneficial sleep. And you talked about lights off at a certain time, turning off screens at a certain time, you know, blue light and all these other things like that too. This is off topic, but we bring that up because what you have done is because you're trying to be intentional with trying to get up and making time to be one with God, you have grabbed a hold of what happens in the evening. If what studies are seeing, seeing, 
seeing now is that if you go to bed, if you're the kind of person who comes home, eats dinner, spends a couple of months, and then you sit on the couch and you watch TV until you're sleeping and you fall asleep, your brain is not going to get anywhere near the rest that God has designed you to have. It is way better that two hours prior to your designated bedtime, as in so you're an adult, you should already have an idea of what time you want to go to sleep. You got to shut it all down mm-hmm. and take some time to either read, even stretch. There are a lot of things you can do to maximize the sleep you're going to get. I'm sure you're like me. I average, I average about four and a half to five hours of sleep uh, in, in, at night. I try to maximize that by doing as much as I can in the evening so that I'm fresh to do whatever I can do the next day. And I have learned that if I want to spend time with God, if I want that one-on-one time with God, it really does have more to do with what I'm doing right before I go to sleep as opposed to how much sleep I'm actually getting. That's a different topic. I love talking about that kind of stuff. That could be a different thing. But No, this uh, is good. Anyway. It's all connected. It, yeah. I think we're trying to answer that question. How do I find one-on-one time with God? Mm-hmm. And I think, first of all, you have to exercise faith. Say, if I prioritize God, this is an exercise really in faith. I think, secondly, you see that it's all connected. You remember that God's present in the ordinary. And then you, the third is you, you, you sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You, you sacrifice some of what you want. Um, you, you, the, there are greater things to be had when you when you seek the face of God. So th- there you go. Yep. Well, Mike, thank you for sharing. And for our listener, uh, thank you so much for asking the question. We, Our heart is to walk with you. There have been such good responses from like, you know, family discipleship to, to this. Even I saw a bunch of people uh, listening to the VCF playbook from last week. And so we see that there are people jumping on listening. If you have any questions, you will see how to contact us in the description of this podcast. And like I said, we want to walk with you. We want to empower you. So if you have any questions about anything, whether it's a sermon or something that's been on your heart for a long time, or you're, you're reading something and you have a question about that, we would love to hear from you. And we would love to just walk through that with you. Uh, Mike, do you want to close us in prayer? And then we'll, we'll go from here. Okay. Father, what a privilege it is to, to know you, to have this, this easy access to come right to you because of Jesus and his death and resurrection. And Lord, we confess that sometimes we, we are distracted and we are overwhelmed by life and we forget the joy that comes from knowing you and spending time with you. So Lord, I pray for our listeners. I pray that anyone listening to this, as they, as they hopefully move from here to opening up their, the, the word of God, the scripture, and, and um, in coming before you, I pray that they would hear your voice as they read your word. I pray that in, in their spirit, they would be encouraged knowing that your spirit is right there, maturing them and growing them, challenging them, convicting them of their sin, aiding them in repentance, and ultimately helping them to become holy. Lord, this is really our desire, that we would, we would know you more. I, I pray that you would help us to desire to desire you even more. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.